0: that's f-r-e-t-1-0 that's all at isotope.com i-z-o-t-o-p-e.com hey this is
1: john kiltica and this is sed peterson
0: and this is the high gain podcast
1: yeah yeah it is it is where are we recording from ed oh we're in beautiful west seattle today Beautiful West Seattle on a Sunday. I got a ride up today, but you know,
0: I could have walked probably. It's not raining much. My old man bones are aching. That means the rain's coming.
1: Ugh, the worst.
0: It's just not here yet.
1: Yeah. What do we talk about, Ed? We talk about guitars, amps, pedals, old people stuff. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. We mess up geography. There might be an opportunity for that today. Yes. Yeah. I've got a cool guitar here. It's got pointy horns. It's kind of devil-y. I see that. It
0: looks like an SG, but the bridge is different.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's a little weird. I think we should talk about the guitar, but sort of on the peripheral. Or periphery? Maybe, yeah. This is kind of about the SG, but it kind of not. Grammar podcast. Love it. That's why the people tune in. Yeah. Let me set the stage, John. Okay, go ahead. It's 1909. 1909? Flying into the Wayback Machine. Post-Industrial Revolution, you've got the cotton gin, you've got all that stuff. We're into the new century.
0: The rubber Barons.
1: The Interbellum Period. Inter, not anti? Interbellum. That's the folks who were born in 1909. You've got the Greatest Generation. What came before the Greatest Generation? Wow. The Interbellums. What did those folks have? First use of the word t-shirt. Really? Yeah. First documented use of the word robot, 1909. My grandfather... Was a robot. Yes. Oh, my goodness.
0: He emigrated from Poland to the United States. He was born in 1900. Okay. His Polish passport said for occupation, worker. The Polish word for that, robotnik.
1: Yeah, it's a Czech word, robota, which means forced labor. Wow. This is the kind of stuff that's going on in 1909. You know what they started putting in hotel rooms in 1909? Soap. Bibles. The Gideons decided to start throwing Bibles. Those guys. No thanks. And Haley's Comet was flying around. You know what else is flying around? Flying saucers. Ted McCarty. He was born? You remember that guy? Gibson. Gibson dude. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of thought we'd talk about Ted McCarty kind of all up in that golden era of Gibson. This is like his input on Gibson as a whole.
0: Yes, we all know about all the greatest hits of Gibson, and we all know when they were made, mid-century modern and all of that. Little is said about Ted the Man.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, beverages, John.
0: Yes. (laughs) That was really great, Ed. You were leaning into that.
1: SG. Picked the guitar up. There's a lick. It's built for that, don't you think? It wants you to play that way. Exactly. Yeah. You can play this thing clean. Sure, why not? But, you know.
0: Come on. Put on some of that Spaceman.
1: Something like that. Yeah. What are you drinking, It? Oh, I got a cup of coffee. It's in a crow mug. Nice. Uh, I've also got a can of San Pellegrino. A can? A can of sparkling San Pellegrino water. I got it because it was in the fridge and I have no idea where it came from. It mysteriously appeared in my fridge. And so I'm going to drink it.
0: Well, if something happens,
1: Mm -hmm. I've got my finger on Mm 911.
0: Mm-hmm. What about you? What do you got? Ed's drinking expired water. I, too, have coffee. Yeah. And uh uh-huh. a very lovely Calypso Southern Peach Lemonade.
1: You love those things.
0: Taste of the Islands. Oh, my goodness. Taste of the Islands?
1: Uh-huh. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got to wonder, Ed. Mm-hmm. Why are you talking? Oh, right. We should tell the viewers I am comfortably ensconced in Ed's chair. You look great. Talking into Ed's microphone. Uh-huh. I am reclined, legs crossed, I got my beverages. Yeah.
1: And I'm not doing anything. No, you get to play the dummy, which is great. Yeah. We've got a Patreon. We got a new Patreon, super fan, Bill Downey.
0: Yeah. From Australia. Right. The continent of Australia. Right. I did, as I often do. Send a little note saying, hey, we really appreciate the support. Let us know if there's anything you'd like to hear or anything we could do for you. Sure. Yeah. And he said, well, now that you mention it, Mm -hmm. maybe Ed could do some more work.
1: (laughs) He literally
0: said that. So I replied something like, ha ha. Right. I'll pass that on because I don't know. Maybe it's Australian humor. Sure. But then he replied and basically said, no, seriously,
1: Ed needs to do more work. (laughs) and we are here for the super fans that's right. right you go on patreon and you got a request and in five years this is the first time i've sat in this chair and there's all these damn buttons and switches in front of me there's things that do like you know it's great there's a new one. But, oh, uh bu- 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 top row blue Top row, blue. Ooh.
0: Strymon, Ola, Chorus of Vibrato.
1: Yeah. Ooh, Stryman Ola. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know what any of this stuff does. I'm used to sitting over there and I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I should do that, Bill, and I'll I'll do it. And he's like, Yeah, get off your duff over there. We aim to please. This one's for you, Bill. So I had already done a bunch of research on kind of the Gibson golden age. And it just turned into, okay, how about we just talk about McCarty? Because the more I dug into it, the more it just became apparent that, you know what, there's not? What? A biography of Ted McCarty.
0: Somebody needs
1: to fix that. For real.
0: Yeah. Well, this one is for you, Bill Downey.
1: Yeah. We've done the SG before. It's a solid guitar, right? That's kind of the deal. But let's flip over. Robots, t-shirts... Ted McCarty, 1909. Too young for World War I and a little too old for World War II. Generally, that generation is just in that weird little sweet spot of not ending up with mustard gas or A-bombs. Sweet. That's a good pocket. If you're going to be born in a pocket, that ain't a bad one. The cone of safety. Exactly. Born in Somerset, Kentucky. Kentucky? Kentucky. He had a brother, two years older. I don't know his brother's name. I do know his niece's name, Judy. Yes. We'll get to that later. Hi, Judy. Judy, another super fan, apparently.
0: Judy McCarty Kuhn.
1: Nay? Is that what they say?
0: Nay McCarty?
1: Yeah. Ted's brother's daughter listened to one of our Ted McCarty episodes and sent us an email. We need to do our guy, Ted, right. So we're going to try. Definitely. His mom dies when he's three years old. His brother's five years old.
0: 1912, Mrs. McCarty.
1: Nice. That was some quick math in your head. I didn't even have time to hit the... Oh, do I see it on here? Is there... Where's... Oh, there's this one. (laughs) See, now I have access to the soundboard, and the Wilhelm scream is hella funny. Now that I control it, it's super funny. (laughs) Shit's terrible, John. Come on. Yeah. Let's fast forward. Okay. Moves to Cincinnati with his brother. Why? Moves in with his uh, great aunt and uncle because he's an orphan. Does he grow up playing guitar? He did not play guitar at all. He was not musically inclined, I suppose. But he was gifted in a lot of other spaces. Fast forward again. Okay. University of Cincinnati. Yeah. Gets an engineering degree. Oh. Not a music degree. So he was a math brainiac. Judy Kuhn, nay McCarty, one of her tidbits was one of his high school teachers said, oh, you are excellent at math, but you're never going to be as good as your brother. (laughs) So apparently as good as our guy Ted was, Judy's dad was even better. She said he could calculate compound interest in his head, Whoa, which seems difficult to me. That seems hard. The brainiac dudes, the brothers. The brain bros. Yeah. Let's fast forward again. Okay. After graduating, he went to work at Wurlitzer. The organ people. Organ jukeboxes. Jukeboxes were huge. Sure. It's the Great Depression. Oh. And he's there for like 12 years. You know, just killing it. One of the things in looking at this, I cannot find a single person who has said a single bad thing about Ted McCarty. Of course not. Right. So he's at Wurlitzer, he's making friends, he's a young dude. Like 38 when he decides, I'm going to leave Wurlitzer. And he's headhunted. You remember who headhunts him? Brock's Candy. Brock's Candy. They wanted him to be the treasurer. Do you remember why he didn't work for Brock's? I think I do remember. Yeah.
0: He was supposed to interview with Mr. Brock. And they're like,
1: yeah, you got to wait till
0: Brock gets back from vacation.
1: He was in the Bahamas. Terrible. Ted's not waiting around for that. Well, I think he was going to. He would have, but he was bros with Maurice Berlin, who owned Chicago Musical Instruments, owners of Gibson. What's the deal with Gibson right then? 47, 48. They're losing money every year. Yeah. Maurice is like, bro, I'm losing money every year. What's up with this? How about you're waiting for this other job? Why don't I fly you out to Kalamazoo? You can check this place out.
0: Put your big math brain on it.
1: Right. You know, just give me a report. So he goes out there and he spends a week at the Kalamazoo plant. Beautiful Kalamazoo. (laughs) Who wouldn't want to move? Was it winter? Probably he had him come out right at the tail end of spring, early summer. And he's like, oh, this place is beautiful. Ted actually wrote up a report. About the company? About the company and his thoughts on, here's why you're losing money. Oh. Yeah. Here's a direct Ted McCarty quote. Ooh. It was top heavy in the office.
0: Top heavy office.
1: Top heavy office, but we're going to cut this next quote, the certain amount of slack that it deserves or something. Okay. Uh, Too many chiefs and not enough Indians. That's what it was. Plus, the other thing was that employees were not at all compatible with Guy Hart. He was one of these men, and this is not a nice thing, but when I was here, nobody ever referred to him without putting the prefix SOB. Who's Guy Hart? Guy Hart was one of the foremen, and at this point, there's like 150 employees guy would walk around with a notepad, you know, and he would just sort of walk the floor and not talk to the employees. He would just watch them and write stuff in this notepad. And it's just like, oh, you're under a magnifying glass. What's he writing? What the fudge? Exactly. So in the report, he's like, morale, that's one of your big problems here and Berlin gave him an offer. Old man Brock is off Speedo in in the Bahamas. He's got
0: one of those old-timey bathing suits with the belt buckles.
1: (laughs) The tank top, short one piece, absolutely. So my man Berlin, he knows, iron hot, let's strike. That's when you do it, when the iron's hot, apparently. I need me some Ted. Right, so he makes an offer. Ted is like, "Uh, I'm gonna wait. Berlin comes back, Oh, I found out you have an engineering degree. That changes everything. Let me make you this counteroffer. If you can turn this place around and make a profit, I'll make you president of the company at the next board meeting. Wow, That's a quote from Ted about what the offer was. So he joined on March 15th, 1948. How am I doing, John? You're doing great, Ed. The viewers out there, I hope you can appreciate this. I'm sweating. I'm feeling the pressure. So he joined and immediately started restructuring the management.
0: Did it get rid of that bastard guy?
1: That he started in March by May. Guy was gone. They were making money. Boom. Profit. My man. (laughs) Record (laughs) stretch or something. Guy Hart resigns in November.
0: They Uh, probably put him on a performance improvement plan.
1: He may not have been the most personable dude. Maybe he saw the writing on the wall, because he did resign. From that point forward, May of 48, to the time my man Teddy Mac leaves in 66, Uh all profit the entire time he was at Gibson. Boom. That's my dude.
0: Ted's not messing around. You think he is? No. Of course not. Tell me about the guitar. Sure. Let's get into this thing. Walk me through this. What year is this?
1: This is a 78.
0: New Orleans era. Can you discern anything different about it? The bridge is a little goofy. It's got one of those harmonica bridges.
1: Yep. Regular humbuckers. Who came up with the term humbucker? Ted McGurdy? Yeah. He will definitely call out when innovations that Gibson did were a group effort.
0: Feet on the ground, Ted.
1: Absolutely. He's walking the factory. He knew every employee's name. He did the guy Hart thing where he went on the floor, except he actually stood with the employees and like, what are you doing? How can we make your job better? Hart's just sitting there writing little weirdo comments. You go look at his notebook.
0: It's probably filled with
1: penises. (laughs) Probably. My guy, Teddy Mack, he's the complete package. The Hasselhoff of guitars. 100%. So he's an innovator. He's got the engineering sense, but he also has a wild business sense. He knew how to motivate employees. He knew how to get the most out of the people and make them happy while they're doing it. Yeah. And he also had a great marketing sense. He knew what would sell. It's hard to see the Beatles coming just over the horizon, right? It's hard to see Buddy Holly and the Stratocaster. Yeah. Fender tried to get Les Paul. They did? Yeah. Leo wanted Les Paul to sign with Fender. My guy Ted's eating Brock's candy and just like no hard feelings. Les Paul and Leo Fender? That's some relationship-breaking stuff. What do you think Ted did in his free time? Canasta? I think he spent time with his family. Yes. Sunday drives in his Cadillac. I bet Ted had a Cadillac. When he retired, he retired to Maui. So he probably liked the beaches. He liked warm weather. Of course. Speedo guy, though. Yeah. So they make the Les Paul. It was actually not a big success. Les Paul did not like this double cutaway on the SG that I'm showing John. The reason for the double cutaway was guitar player feedback. They wanted to be able to play with their thumb over the E string. Yeah. So this was direct user feedback. Man of the people. He is the first-gen product owner. Gets customer feedback, incorporates it into the designs, moves forward, sees how it does, tests the product.
0: Revving all over the place.
1: Exactly. MVPs. Rev Ted. So yeah, double cutaway on this. We got two humbuckers, a Ted McCarty jammer. He went to Lovey and he said, hey, there's too much hum in these single-coil pickups. I need something that will buck the hum. Yeah. The tunematic bridge and the stop tailpiece were his deal. I got to drink some coffee. I'm having a hard time juggling all of the things I have to juggle. I see what you're doing over here week in and week out. How's it feel? Oh, it's terrible. No, it feels great. I feel the power.
0: I see you have assumed the position.
1: Feet forward, guitar away from these arms. Yeah, you have to be on the edge of the
0: seat and try not to bang the back or the headstock Mm -hmm. against everything because this Mm. is borrowed Mm -hmm. from our good friends over there at Thunder
1: Road Guitars. ThunderroadGuitars.com? Yeah, that's the place. We've got two humbuckers. We've got a three-position toggle. We've got volume tone, volume tone. Right. I'm in the middle, tone set to the middle.
0: Okay. Oh, that's Love. lovely. You know. Ed is in the chair. He's telling stories about Ted. Yeah.
1: Let's go Trebly.
0: Okay, bridge pickup?
1: Bridge pickup, treble up. Okay. Ted describes Fender guitars as shrill. Getting into Leo's head. I love me a Telecaster. Yeah. Ted?
0: You got a Ted Telecaster quote for me?
1: How about this? We didn't think it took a lot of skill to build a plank of wood that made a shrill sound. Just like, (laughs) God. You know, and these are quotes from 80-year-old Ted. Letting it all hang out, he's being a little loosey-goosey. I bet Ted was nothing but a gentleman. Yes. Let me go neck. Okay. Roll the tone all the way down. Okay. Give you something like this. Oh, that's
0: nice. I don't know why Les Paul
1: wouldn't like that. No, he'd love it. The original Les Paul. It's a very classy looking guitar. The SG, it's a whole different beast. I can see Les Paul being kind of a goober. Goober? Yeah, a ding-dong. It's just not as fancy. You can't see the
0: Beatles coming. Can't do it. Right. You also can't see ACDC coming.
1: That's absolutely true. I love the SG. Love it. Yeah. Love it.
0: Ted thinking up
1: stuff. You want Ted thinking up stuff? Yeah. Explorer, Modern, Flying V, Flops, all of them, right? Here's a Ted quote. I personally designed those. Fender was talking about how Gibson was a bunch of old fuddy-duddies. Oh, man. And when I heard that through the grapevine, I was a little peeved. (sighs) So I said, let's shake them up. I wanted to come up with some guitar shapes that were different from anything else. Ted McCarty. During his time, Ted ran Gibson. They went from 5,000 guitars to 100,000 a year. Wow. Sales grew 1,250%. Profits were up 15x. Employees went from 150 when he started to 1,250 when he left. Their factory took up two city blocks. Norlin, did my guy Ted have any thoughts on Norlin? Ooh. I don't want to just pull out the negative quotes, and I hope I'm feeding in positive Ted with the kind of spicy quotes. Direct quote from Ted. So when ECL bought Chicago Musical Instruments, Norlin was the new name. Nor from Norton and Lynn from Berlin. Stupid. Absolutely stupid. Didn't mean a thing. Chicago Musical Instrument had a great name all over the country. Stephen thought it was too insular to have the name of a city.
0: They should have listened to Ted.
1: He went over to Bigsby and starts manufacturing parts, which you could actually sell to any number of companies.
0: What do you think Ted got up to
1: from time to time? You think he was a drinker? I don't picture Ted as a big drinker, no. He's a serious dude. Did he have a light side? Well, according to Judy, he sent a salad mixer to Judy's dad and the family. This is from his niece. And you put salad in the machine and crank it up and mix it. Aunt Ellie told my mom to be careful with the contraption. Mom tried the thing out on the dining room table for Christmas dinner, and the lid popped off and salad shot all over the ceiling, the table, and everywhere. Ted thought it was hilarious. Of
0: course he did.
1: My man. (coughs) Let me throw a thing at you. This is 78. I don't care about 78. Oh. We're in alternate universe land. Yeah. 64. Right before Ted leaves. Okay. Okay. SG Standard, Humbuckers... Okay. Are you ready? Yes. In 1964 dollars, what do you think this thing cost, John?
0: Let's see. Yeah. I think the Les Paul, while it was still being made, Mm -hmm. was like up into the three, four hundreds. So maybe when they switched over to the slab type SG and took Les's name off of it, I'm going to say maybe it was a little less. Okay. I'm going to say... $219. $1,964.
1: That is not terrible, John. That is a solid Ed guess, I would say.
0: So I got it wrong.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. $330. Oh. Do you care to guess what that is in today dollars? I'm going to say it's pushing $2,500. $3,275.
0: Woo. Woo.
1: That's spicy.
0: That's some appreciation.
1: Oh, yeah. You gotta try
0: it. Try and decide.
1: John. Yes. It's a 1964 Gibson SG. Yes. It's got two lovey designed humbuckers. We're in alternate reality. Right. Don't look at this guitar. Okay. Look at the 64 that I'm holding. Okay, great. 64 SG standard. Yes. Ted McCarty made it. He poured his heart, his soul, his love into it. Buy or deny. Bye. I feel bad having to call you out like this, but. I think you're lying to me. Explain yourself, John.
0: It's a classic. Uh Uh-huh. And if it's a 64, it's going to have really great aged pickups in it.
1: For sure. Yeah.
0: It sounds like you want me to issue caveats.
1: I look to your right, and there is a Guild S100. Yes. And I find it hard to believe you would buy an SG of any flavor when you own the s 100
0: I said that as the kind of global buy. I see. Me, personally, do I want this? No, it's a deny. I don't need it. But would this be worth having? Yes. It's probably pretty prohibitive. If you're an SG guy.
1: I'm an SG guy.
0: And you run across one of these and you can afford it. Yep. And you're asking me, is there any reason I shouldn't do that? No? Okay, great. What about you?
1: I actually am an SG guy. Even the 78, I like it a lot. They're not super cheap, but I love them. Yeah. I'll go ahead and take plenty of pictures oh, yeah. of this. Yeah, Ed will take pictures. And of this. I'll uh put them on the internet.
0: On Instagram and places like that?
1: Sure, yeah. You know, so Bill, I hope I did okay. I hope you're feeling better about John. He's had a week off. He can rest his weary little head. <laughs> <laughs>
0: This, this chair is pretty comfortable Yeah
1: John Yeah It's always touch and go with this Are we still proud members of the ruinous media network of music related podcasts? Why yes Ed Yes we are Man, I think it's something with this seat. It just rolled right out of my mouth like I didn't have to double-think it. You're sitting up straight. Your posture is very good. Thanks. Should we come back next week? We should come back next week. And if anybody has
0: any thoughts about how Ed did in the John seat or how John did in the Ed seat, we'd love to hear
1: him get in touch. I could totally do this again. Yeah. Thanks, John. Okay, thanks, Ed. Bye. Bye.